Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. Hey, I want to take a second. Can we welcome everybody watching by the internet? Can you put your hands together? Come on, welcome all of those who are tuning in online. Listen, uh, I want to let you know that we have so many ways. If you miss something happening around here at Cultivate Church, there's so many ways that you can go back online and check out what's happening. You can go to Facebook, you can go to YouTube, you can go to CultivateChurch.tv. Uh, we have uh, Now we have everything on iTunes and uh, Google Play, all the different podcast places that you can check that out. And let me tell you something, this is a great way to introduce your friends to church uh, through um, social media, through online, because most people want to know how weird is it before I walk in the door, because it's scary to walk in the doors of a church for the first time, and we know that. So we have the opportunity through technology to let people know what's happening inside the building before they show up. So take advantage of some of those things and just share it with people, but we're glad for all of you who tune in online. So today I want you to grab your outline out of your worship guide for today's message. We are concluding a series today that we're calling That Was the Style, and this whole series is coming from 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and it's been a challenging series, so I'll go ahead and give you a little warning there, but the Bible says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old's gone. Jesus has changed us. The old's gone, the new is here. Jesus changes things. That's the big idea. Jesus changes stuff. And just like that hairstyle changed, that clothing choice has changed over the decades or over the years, uh, that was the style then. That's what we did. But things change. We move. We progress. We get better. And some of you thank God, because I've seen some pictures and stuff on Facebook. You know, nothing's private. Thank God things progress and change. And so when Jesus gets into our life, things change. And so we've been talking about overcoming sin in our life. And at Cultivate Church, if you're new around here, I just want you to know something. We want to be an authentic community who literally follow the truth of God's Word. Our responsibility is not to have uh, God's truth conform to my feelings. It is for my feelings to conform to His truth. And so everything in Scripture is exactly what we believe. And so we are aligning our lives to what Scripture teaches us. And all month long, we've been dealing with the topic of sin and how we overcome these things in our life. And last week, I'll just tell you, it was a challenging message. We talked about some ways that we can strategize our life, that we can overcome sin. And I'll just give you a heads up today. It's not any better. It's going to be just as challenging, but that's why we're here. We're here to get better. The Bible challenges us. And as much as Jesus encourages us, He also challenges us in the way that we live. But here's something fun I'll do. Uh, We've been doing this every week, so if you haven't been here part of this series, we've been doing makeovers all month to celebrating the old, becoming new. And it's just been a lot of fun just watching people get makeovers. And we've had people do uh, hair and makeup and clothes. And all these people got a selection of clothes to pick from and all this different stuff. And so this week is Jordan Graves. And some of you may know Jordan or you may not. He's a part of the life of this church. I mean, he's in our media department. He helps lead our student department. If it's happening, Jordan's usually involved in it. And uh, ladies, I'll let you know, good-looking guy, single that you see up there, ready to mingle. So put it on your Connect card if you got some interest. Listen, won't cost you much, just a little fee, but I'll let you know about that later for the connection. But listen, he's single, ready to go, and, and, and we affectionately call him, a, he's a ginger, he's a redhead. Now some of you go, we don't call ginger. Well, that's just this is pre-2016 for everybody got their feelings hurt about everything. You know what I'm talking about? I know that's, you know, that's a little, little, little tough there. But listen, he, we affectionately, he's our ginger, and I'm excited about his makeover. He had a great time, and I want you to take a second and check this out. So watch his makeover. We're here at the Pit Stop Barbershop. We've got Jordan inside. We're about to go in and see what kind of fresh look he gets today. 
Hey, Gray, what are we doing today on Jordan? I guess we're going to give him a little fade, uh, updated look, hard part, maybe uh, a messy look, um, just something a little more current than what he has now. <laughs> Perfect. So, All right, Jordan, what do you think about your new look? I love it. Um, great day, great job with it, and I'm excited for uh, the next steps. That's awesome. You're looking good. Next stop, new clothes. All right, Jordan, you spent a whole day in a fresh new haircut. Are you ready to conquer your outfit? I'm excited. Let's go. All right, All right Jordan, are you ready to take a look at your final look? I'm so excited. Uh, I just hope I look better than Scott. All right, Jordan, what do you think? I really like it. It's a lot more modern. It's a lot better than the same shirt and jeans that I wear every day. And uh, definitely still comfortable, though. It definitely still feels like me. I definitely look better than Scott. Some of you uh, were not here last week. Or, or, uh, Scott's a part of our Alabaster campus before we, we planted the church. He's been with us for a long time. And um, so Scott had his makeover last week. And so he just said, hey, look, I just need to look better than Scott. So I want you to know that uh, Jordan's ready. And I, I, the first date, ladies, is on him. Okay, if you need to know that, the first date, he'll pay. He's got a job, so that's a plus. Okay, he works. So just let us know if you need to make that happen. But listen, just like a makeover, you look at that and you go, well, that's great. I can have somebody cut my hair. We can change that. I can have somebody pick out a shirt for me. That's, that's easy. I can get them to give me a new pair of shoes, but how do I change my life? It's not that easy. And many of us are struggling with making the change. We've made decisions. We've said yes to Jesus, but we're struggling with making the change. And today, I really want to challenge us in what the Word of God says. But before I do, I want us to pray, because the only way this is going to work is if the Holy Spirit helps us today and leads us through His Word. And so I want to pray for you, and you pray for me that God will speak to us all today and change our heart before we receive His Word. Okay, Father, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're speaking to us, God. Thank you for fun in church, a place we want to be. We know your presence is here. We don't take it lightly. And we know that today, your desire is that we leave changed, one step closer to you. And I pray that your word would, would encourage us in that today, and you would bring life change to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So on your outline, I'm going to give you a, a story out of Scripture. It's actually a warning from the New Testament using a story from the Old Testament. Many of you have heard of the story of Moses, if you've been in church any length of time. If you have not, this, uh, this guy named Moses leads a whole nation of people out of slavery. They were slaves to Egypt. God called him to use him to lead them out, and God did some crazy miracles in the midst of all that. And so in the New Testament, we're getting a warning about the way that we're living. And so I'm just giving you this warning today to tell us the, the weight the importance, the, the, the responsibility that you and I have of understanding sin in our life. Now, yes, Jesus is encouraging, but he's also correcting. And so this is a moment for us to today be encouraged in the correction that the Bible would bring us. And here's the story. You can look at it with me. It says, I don't want you to forget 
All right, so this is a reminder. This is something you already know. And so many of us, if you're following Christ, you know some of these things. If you haven't followed Christ yet, today's your day to find out. But the writer says, I don't want you to forget about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by the cloud that moved ahead of them. All of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. All of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Now verse 5, this is where we take a turn. It says, Yet God was not pleased with most of them. It's a strong, tough statement. But I think you ought to underline it because it's important. All of that happened, but God wasn't pleased with them. And their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now that just went awkward from 0 to 10 really fast, didn't it? Now, here's what the Bible's telling us. The cloud by day, these people were wandering in the wilderness. And literally, when there was nothing to lead them on where to go, God provided a cloud. And they literally, it was a cloud in the sky. And wherever that cloud would move, that was God directing them and they would follow. At nighttime, when you could not see the cloud, literally there was a fire in the sky that they would follow. God gave them indicators, miracles on where to go. When they did not have food, God provided it. The rock that they're talking about, literally, they would drink from a rock miraculously because it's the way God chose to provide. In other words, all of these people saw God do things. They experienced the presence of God. They worshipped God. They heard about God. They were taught about God. They were encouraged to serve God. Their community of people experienced God. Yet, God was not pleased with most of them. Unfortunately, today, as we gather in churches all across the world, there are thousands and thousands of people that will gather together. We will see the work of God. We will experience the work of God. We will hear about God. We will read the Bible. We will know the truth. And yet, God will still not be pleased with most of us. And I know this is tough today. You say, man, I should have stayed home and in bed today. I need to feel bad. It's going to get better, I promise. It's just the reality of where we are. It's the reality of our sinful nature. And so what I'm telling you is today is that, is that I'm no different than you and you're no different from me. See, every day that I wake up, I have to make a decision on what I'm going to do with my life and how I'm going to live it. But the Bible says, it, it teaches us that the road to heaven is very narrow. And the Bible says that few will find it. But the road to destruction is very large and Unfortunately, it's going to be a lot easier for people to travel that road. And in 2019, our culture says, hey, whatever is true for you, you do that. You do you, I'll do me. I'll live my truth and you live your truth. Unfortunately, churches in 2019 say, well, I know the Bible says this, but that's not what the Bible meant. And so we feel this way. And so we're just going to do this. And so we have to be very, very, very aware that what the Bible says is that what we live. Because I don't want to be in the middle of this, church. I don't want to gather together, and I don't want to see God change lives, and I don't want to feel the presence of God, and I don't want to be this close to it and yet miss it with the life that I'm living on my own. And so today, this is really about how do we do this Monday through Friday? How do we get through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and, and collectively come together on Sunday? How do we make this happen in an every day? And last week, I gave you some, some real good strategies, some steps that we could take to begin doing this. But then I want to tell you something in addition to that today as I bring this message to you is that you can't do it. You can't. Already you cannot do it. That's why it's already, that's why you're still jacked up. 
That's why I'm still jacked up. That's why I'm still dealing with it, because I can't do it. I can't fix it. My wife can't fix it. Some of you know my wife. She was standing right here singing. She, she tries, but she can't fix it. Lord bless her heart. She's got a big task ahead of her. But the Holy Spirit is what does the work in us. And today, that's what I want to talk to you about. And I know that many of us are coming from different places, and the Holy Spirit, you're looking for the door. Listen, nobody's going to come and jump and run around you or take you or do anything crazy. Hey, go ahead. Hey, girl. But let me tell you what, what the Holy Spirit does for us today because He does what we can't do. And I want to give you a scripture. I want to set this up. Ezekiel 36. It's on your outline. 26 and 27. And I will give you a new heart. This is important. God's telling us, I'll give you a new heart. We'll do something new. That was the style, but, but this has changed. I'm going to give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit in you. Underline that. I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, give you a tender, responsive heart. I will put my what? My spirit in you so that you'll do what? So that you'll follow my decrees and you'll be careful to do what? To obey. The reason I can't follow correctly and I can't obey correctly is because I do it on my own. But when the Spirit of God who comes to me and lives in me, then suddenly I have the ability to overcome the hurts, habits, and hang-ups of myself so that I can follow and I can obey. And today that relies on the Holy Spirit. Now, to take away some of the concerns and the weirdness of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is God. See, we have what we call the Trinity. We have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches this. Now, if you go to Google Trinity and you're looking in the Bible, you won't find the word Trinity, but you won't find the word Bible in the Bible either, okay? So let me just bring that into context. But literally, in the beginning, you had God, and we can read in Genesis, He talked to Adam and Eve. Literally, Adam and Eve hid from God. That's how intimate the relationship was. But because of sin, that intimacy separated them. And so God sent Jesus, His Son, God in the flesh, on this earth so that He could reconnect us back to God. Jesus could literally go, hey, look, I need you. He could literally say, I need to get your attention so I can get you back to God. And then Jesus said something. He said, hey, guys, I've enjoyed my time with you, but I need to let you know something. I've got to go away. And they're all bummed out. They're like, you just got here. Like, look what's happening. We're rocking the whole world. We're turning it upside down. You can't leave now. He said, well, it's your benefit. Because, see, Jesus couldn't be everywhere with everyone at every time. Jesus would go town to town. Crowds would come, and he would go away to go to the next, and they would beg him to stay. But he knew, as he told the disciples, if I go away, my spirit will come, and he will be with everybody. And so we see in Acts chapter 2, the very presence of the Holy Spirit came, and it changed everything. And so what I want to talk to you about today is the difference that the Holy Spirit makes in our life that does the work that we cannot do to enable us to overcome the sin that the Bible is hoping that you and I can overcome. So get your outline, flip it over, and let me give you three things the Holy Spirit does for us today. The first is the Holy Spirit brings us conviction. You say, well, I thought this was going to get better. That's a tough word. Well, just hang with me. The Bible says, and when He comes, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, we think of conviction as something that's very negative. We think of conviction as He come to make me feel bad. He come to make me feel guilty. He come to tear me down. And that's not what the Holy Spirit does at all. To convict is really to convince the Holy Spirit is trying to convince me of my sin and my need of Jesus. 
See, I would never know that I'm in sin if he didn't come to reveal it to me and convince me of what I need to fix it. His convincing is to move from unholy to holy because the world will convince me that I'm okay. The world will convince me that it's, it's all right. Everything is about me and how I feel, but the Holy Spirit says, I just need to tell you that there's some danger ahead. He's like that gaslight indicator in your car. How many of you like that? And some of you don't like it. Some of you think it's a suggestion and some of you don't. Uh, about a month or so ago, I was riding home at night and I was on my motorcycle. And the motorcycle kind of started stalling. And I thought, man, this thing is broken. What's wrong? And so I pull over, it shuts off, and I happen to think, oh, man, what's my gas status? And so I open the tank and it is bone dry. Then I had to make that dreaded phone call to my wife who's at home with our son in the bed. Hey, sweetheart, not good timing. I understand, but I need you to bring me a gas can and some gas. <laughs> like, I need you to go do all of this for me. And she says to me, did you not know that you did not have gas? I said, well, sweetheart, I have no gas and I'm on the side of the road. I don't think I did. But this is what I learned. The gas light indicator on my motorcycle is broken. I was relying on the indicator. I said, it will illuminate when I need to get gas. And it is broken. And because it is broken and there was no indicator, I was stranded somewhere I did not want to be, doing something I didn't want to be doing. And the consequences were having to call home, get our son out of the bed, and mess up my wife's night to come and fix my mistake. If I don't have an indicator in my life, I will be sitting in stupid all the time having made my own decisions with nobody to tell me otherwise. And let me tell you something. I'm smarter than every one of you. So when you come to give me advice, I know more than you know. I don't want to hear it. I can tell you why I'm okay. And don't look at me like that because every one of you feel the same way. Don't tell me. That may work for you. But I'm okay. This is fine. Until you realize it's not. And then it's too late. But the beauty of the Holy Spirit is He's a friend that comes and says, hey, I just want to let you know you're almost out of gas. Now listen, your spouse may give you that talk about the gas light. They may shame you a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? You've had those conversations. But it's not like the gas light in your car never goes, hey, dummy. Then you learn it the first time. You know, it doesn't talk back to you like that. It doesn't tear you down. And neither does the Holy Spirit. The indicator doesn't come to you and say, man, you're never going to get this. The Holy Spirit literally comes to you and says, hey, I, I, I want to tell you again. I want to warn you. That's not the best. Let me, let me tell you, you're going to be stranded if you make that decision again. God sent his presence to us to illuminate the sin that's in our life. And let us know that there's some judgment coming. You don't want to be a part of the other side of this. You, you want to stay in your lane of what the scripture says. So that you live an authentic, Bible-believing, sold-out life. That's the beauty of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So, so Pastor Brennan, we started off kind of rough. This was kind of tough, but here's the deal. You've got a personal indicator in your life. That's encouragement. That's great news for us today, that something beyond ourselves can lead us into truth. And then number two, I'll give you another one. The Holy Spirit's the one who brings change. Write down the word change. Listen to what the Bible says. So now there is no condemnation. Love that. Listen, the Bible, it's not about the guilt and the shame. He set us free from that stuff. Now he's just trying to give us some guardrails to keep us where we're supposed to be. There's no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus. And because you belong to him, listen to this, this is great. The power of the life-giving spirit. Life-giving. The Holy Spirit is life-giving. 
And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Why can't I change? I want to do it so bad. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to think this way. I don't want to have this attitude. I don't want to keep getting it wrong. I don't want to keep this addiction. I don't want to keep this struggle. And I say today, I'm never going to do it again. And then tomorrow I wake up and I'm in the same stuff. Well, the reason you're there is because you can't do what you can't do. Only the Holy Spirit can change your life. So if you're struggling with that's not about my heart. It's not about a a prayer that I pray. It's not about the fact that my heart hasn't changed. But you know, your heart can change and your actions can stay the same. You can suddenly feel it and desire it when you didn't before, but then your actions can stay in the same old sin that it used to be in. Because it's the Holy Spirit that then comes in that does the work that helps refine my life and change my life. So you're going, well, then why haven't I received that? Why haven't I experienced that? Why can't I get past the change? Because the Holy Spirit, in order to be spirit-led, you have to be spirit-fed. You understand that what you feed is what grows. You understand? Like if we feed something, then it grows. You can't just throw a seed and leave it out there. You got to feed it in order for it to grow. So if you need to grow spiritually, you you got to feed the Spirit of God that's inside of you. It's like this: my son right now, my three-year-old, he's he's really big on right now. He's, he's wanting to get bigger. And um, I think he's, um, he told my, my, my mom the other day, his grandmother, he said, he said I want to be big like my mom. He didn't say like dad. Like that's usually what a kid would say, I want to be like dad. No, he wants to be big like mom. And I think he's just figured out, I don't have a lot of hope with dad. You know what I'm saying? I got to look for other things. Dad's not that big, so I got to look elsewhere. And, but he's wanting to be big. And he'll say, dad, am I bigger today? I said, yeah, buddy, you're bigger today. Then he'll go, no, I'm not. <laughs> he does that every time. And his measuring stick as he gets in the car and he sits in his car seat, and he'll say, hey, Dad, touch the top. And so I'll touch the top, and he'll say, I can't do it. I'm too little. And that's his measuring stick, if he's gotten bigger or not. And so I tell him, I say, well, buddy, if you're going to grow, he didn't like to eat like a bird, and he don't like to go to bed. He's a night owl. So when it comes time to eat, I'll say, buddy, if you want to get bigger, you've got to eat that food. I said, that's how you grow. That's how you get. you got to eat that food. And then when it's time for bed and you don't want to go, I say, buddy, if you want to get bigger, you've got to go to bed. You've got to get your body some sleep. You've got to give it some rest so that you can grow. And how many of us are feeding things in our life and they're growing, but they're growing in the wrong direction? And it may just be because we're not investing in feeding the spiritual things of my life. We'll sit aimlessly in front of a TV. Man, I, I, I'm, I like to watch TV. I know. I'm, I'm, there's smart people and then TV people. I get it, you know. And, and so I like to watch TV and it does, it does nothing good but satisfy at the moment. And then some of you are smart people, you read books, and and it's growing your brain, but it's not growing your spirit. Some of us listen to all kind of music, listen to the country, you're you're trading your dog and your boat and stuff for your wife, all that kind of stuff that's happening in the country music, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's fine, like, you know, get your hat and whatever you do, but not growing your spirit. We like to hang out with people, we like community with people, but some of us are hanging with so many people that are so negative and bring us down, it's not doing anything to feed the spirit. So the point is, if I want the Spirit to grow, I've got to feed the Spirit. Listen to some country music and then cut it off and listen to something that feeds your spirit. Watch your TV show, but then cut it off and find something, a podcast or a video, listen, that that will feed your spirit. We have to find things that will build us up spiritually if we're going to grow spiritually. So if the Spirit of God is going to grow through me, then I've got to feed it the things of 
God. I've got to find the ways that I can increase the spiritual temperature of my life. And the Holy Spirit's desire is to help us be convicted or convinced that we need Jesus and we do have things that are wrong. His desire is to help bring change to the things that you and I cannot change. And then number three, he brings character to our life. And this is so important because this is who we are. Your character is your makeup of who you are. It literally tells the story of the person that you really are. Not what you say, but who you are. And it's the Holy Spirit that does it. Because listen, the Holy Spirit produces. Underline the word produces. That's an action. That means there is a product of something that the Holy Spirit does. Now, I'll just tell you, if the Bible tells it to us, um, then I believe it's there. If it's on the menu, you can order it, okay? If it's on the menu, you can have it. And there's all kinds of things the Holy Spirit does. Then the Holy Spirit brings does. That's another whole series for another time that the Holy Spirit does. But there is a product of more than maybe the things that you've just seen. Of maybe of an expression of the Holy Spirit. And I don't have a problem with an expression of the Holy Spirit. But, but there's more to the deep inner work of what the Holy Spirit desires to do in us. And this is his desire. is to produce something. To produce a change. And here's what it is. It's fruit that's tangible to be seen. It's the fruit of love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen to this. There is no law against these things. Just run wide open in any of these. Be careless. Be reckless with any of this. Be reckless with your faithfulness. Give it to everybody. It's okay. Be reckless. Get up to them more. I'm going to be wild. I'm going to be kind to everybody today. I mean, it's okay. Some of you got that wild streak and it's just itching to do something crazy. Be wildly kind. You know what I'm saying? Just run through the streets being nice to everybody. Because against these things, there's no law. Some of you are not very kind and you need the Holy Spirit. Some of you are not very patient. You think you are, but I don't have, listen, I'll just be, I'm transparent with you up here. You pray for me. I don't have a cultivate sticker on the back of my car. (laughs) Because I don't do good in traffic, Okay. You know, as you see those church vans says, follow me as I follow Jesus, that is not on my car, okay? Do not follow me in my car. I'm not leading you to Jesus in the car, okay? Pray for me. I need some patience, but you know what? The Holy Spirit can bring it to me. Some of us have a hard time being faithful to some things. And let me tell you something. This is a great place to pause. Some of us have a hard time being faithful to church. And this is not about this church, is, you find you a church. Whatever church you need to go to, you can call home. You go to it and you be there. Say, well, that's just church talk. Of course, I'm going to hear a preacher say that. Well, let me tell you this. I've sat with lots of families with kids and students that did not think it was worth being faithful to early on. And then I've sat with those same people years later when their kids are uh, running wild in the streets doing other things in the fruit of the Spirit, and they're going, where did we go wrong? Well, it was your actions and your decisions that said everything else was more important than the things of God. We need some faithfulness in our life. We need to learn to be faithful to the things of God. We need kindness, we need goodness, we need peace, joy, love, gentleness, and some self-control. All of those are simple ingredients to having character in who we are. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. But every day the Holy Spirit is defining and refining the life that we live and the person that we are. In church, this whole series, as we put a bow on it today, has been this thought. Let us be authentic people, living out an authentic faith, living what the Bible tells us to live. 
That way the world who is searching for something that is true and that is authentic and that is real, they can look at us and see that we are living and serving the goodness of God in our life. Not perfect people, because we'll never be perfect, but people who are determined, people who are preparing, and people who are allowing the Holy Spirit to do what we can. And I promise you, you'll see a difference in your life. So here's my challenge to you in this. Some of you are going, well, I mean, I, I know that the Holy Spirit is a deep topic, and I know that now it's, it's something that's important. It's, it's, a, it's an in, intimate part of a relationship with God, and, and there's a lot of benefit from who the Holy Spirit is, the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. Well, this is what I tell you to do. I simply tell you just to ask God about it. In your prayer time, say, hey, God, I, I, don't, I may not know all this. I may not understand all that, but, but, but talk to me about it. You know, I'm, I'm good with Jesus because I know that's the way to heaven, so I'm kind of good with that one. And God, I kind of know it's all about you, but then I get real confused and uneasy with this Holy Spirit situation. I'm just telling you this. When you pray, say, God, just help me. Help me to understand. Read Acts 2 and, and see what the Holy Spirit did in those people's lives. Just watch the difference that began to take place. And so that's my, that's my takeaway challenge for you today is that you give God room beginning today and this week for the Holy Spirit to have a place in your life. So I want to pray for us. I invite you to bow your head, close your eyes, and our team's going to come back and play music softly. If you're our guest today, don't, don't worry. Nobody's coming to get you or make you stand or do anything weird. This is simply a moment that I want to pray for you today. And there's two things on my heart that I want to pray about today. Number one is just like every week in this room or even watching online where you are, maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're like the people from the Old Testament, that were around it, that saw it, that experienced it, but it was never personal. And today you don't want to end up distant from God. And so I want to invite you to have an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. Every week this month we've celebrated people giving their heart to Jesus. And I believe today is no different because God is faithful. And he showed up for you today. And then I want to pray for all of us. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Nobody's looking at you or nobody's going to make you do anything. I, I just want this to be a moment between you and God. And I'm just asking, would you be bold enough? Would we just be honest enough in this moment to go, God, what is it? What's in my life that you want to refine? What's in me right now? that you want, to, you want to change. You want to correct. You want to make better. Because my desire is to live for you. I want to represent you well. And if you're here and you, you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, the presence of God personally living with you, then I say we take a second today and say, God, we're, we're open to whatever you want to do in our life. Anything you can give me, God, that makes me better than me, I'm open to it. So Jesus, right now, this morning, we, we collectively thank you for your presence here. We don't take it lightly. And Jesus, we thank you for everything you did so that we could have relationship with you. And we recognize that sin is what separates our relationship with you. And we have sin in our life. And so today, we ask you to forgive us of anything that separates us in our relationship with you. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We accept that today, we receive that forgiveness, and we choose to put you first 
in our life. Thank you, Jesus, for that forgiveness and for this new relationship. God, I pray for all of us that you would search our heart and help us to know. Let the Holy Spirit reveal to us, convict us, convince us of the things that are, God, that are just a, a barrier, a roadblock from being the best that we can be. Everything you created us to be. The people that you desire for us to be. Just reveal that to us today. God, we're honest with you right now in our desire to know. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would have room in our life, that we would open ourselves up to the power of God to do things that we can't do, to help us to be the people that we can't be. We thank you that you love us enough, that you prepared, got a personal helper to help us to be all you created us to be. We honor you today, Jesus. We celebrate your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, church. Can we honor the Lord together? Can we just put our hands together and celebrate Jesus?